everybody. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits over family time. Our husbands are afraid of us. As As they they should be. So this week, we are going to be covering the murder of Tracy Nielsen. Tracy Nielsen. And just for full disclosure, we are sitting in Shai's closet Mm -hmm. currently. So you may hear our old joints popping. You may hear dogs trying to get into the closet you may hear kids yelling for us to come to help them do something because they can't do things on their own yet they truly can't will they ever we don't know no one knows it's fine fine, so it's all fine everything's fine so like i said we're doing the murder of tracy nielsen okay this week and she was murdered back in the 80s. I love, okay, first of all, I think I want to put in here that we love 1980s. Everything. Everything. Being a child of the 80s. Yes. Anything 80s related and why 1980s murders are just like. Everything. All the things to read about. Mainly probably because we did not have the technology we have today. Yes. And these detectives and these police officers went off of... Instinct. Instinct. They didn't have DNA. No DNA. No DNA. Fingerprints, sure. Kind of. And that's actually part of the story. Like, you guys are going to be real shook about um, how they did fingerprints and why it was certainly, at best, half-assed. Yeah. Um. Okay, sorry. But yeah, 1980s everything. Let's do it all. Let's do it all. I'm I'm here for everything 80s. 80s George Michael? Yes, uh, please. Because I have faith. Wham. Wham. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any who's it. So, a little background on, on Tracy. Tracy Waterfield was her maiden name. She was a native of Canadian Texas and moved to Oklahoma. In 1978, you're always born. Yes, queen. To attend Oklahoma State University in Stillwater, go Pokes. As a freshman, she went on a blind date with a gentleman named Jeff Nielsen. And every article, news story, personal family account that I have read says, that they fell instantly, magically Disney in love. I feel like that's, again, a 1980s thing. Yes. You just, yeah. They did heart eye emojis without heart eye emojis. Without heart. It was at the time cartoon. Yeah. Heart eyes. Yeah. Maybe a um, Wiley Coyote type of thing. 1,000%. Yeah. Okay. They fell instantly in love. Of course they did. That was 78. 
Okay. The year you were born. So just keep that in your mind. It's a great year. So they were dating at OSU, living their best lives. She was a sorority girl and she was absolutely gorgeous. So as I think that is one of the prerequisites of sororities. Duh. Right? Yeah, obviously. So they eventually got married in August of 1980. And that same month, they both transferred to the University of Oklahoma, which we call OU. Boomer Sooner. Mm -hmm. That's for the hubs. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care about sports. I don't like sports. (laughs) Except for swimming and dance. And I'm good. Okay. (laughs) We just call it OU. Uh So for those of you not in Oklahoma, which is probably nobody at this point, but it's fine. Let's just be real. It's, it's fine. Um, we will refer to it from here on out as OU. So they set up their first home in a cute little apartment in Moore, mm-hmm. just north of Norman, okay, which Norman, is where OU is, right? Even in Norman. Okay. So they set up this cute little apartment at the Jamestown Apartments in Moore. And from news stories, multiple news stories that I saw from the time, they released photos of the apartment, which I was like, yeah. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. But it's fine. It's all fine. Everything's fine. 1980s. Yep. Hashtag the 80s. Um, so they released photos of this apartment, and it is everything that you expect an 80s apartment to be with, like, metal and velvet club yes. chair. Yes. Okay. Right? Velvet-esque couch. Did it give colors? Yes. And it was all orange. Oh, okay. It was Mm -hmm. so orange. Yes, and gold. But like a classy orange. Of course. Right? Because there's the classy orange and there's the trashy orange. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just be real there. And they definitely had a dining room table that was like wood veneer. So it was like wood adjacent. Got it. Um. But she was really cute because, you know, those little um, movie producer or director chairs that like fold up Uh and they have. um, They have the names on the backs. Yeah. 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 So these did not have the names on the backs, but that was her dining room chairs. What? And it was super cute. That's really all they showed was like a part of the living room and the dining room. Okay. She had had some style. She knew how to decorate. It was Precious. okay. not your grandma's 1980s dining room. Darn right. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. Okay. Super cute. Super cute. So they set up their house in that cute little apartment. And Jeff was super focused on medical school. Awesome. So he already knew he wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Damn. Obviously very intelligent. Mm-hmm. She was no slouch. Okay. Okay. She was an educated woman woman of the 80s. Yeah, she was. All right. Okay. She decided that she had a passion for physical therapy. Okay. And working with people with disabilities. I love that. Okay. She had a heart. Okay. She had a she had a heart of gold. And that is literally what everyone said in all of these news articles was that like she was the nicest person ever. She would Give people rides. Hmm. The, the 80s. 80s. Um, 
She would give people rides. She would totally give you her last dollar, the shirt off her back, everything. Um, She did not believe in answering the door with a resting bitch face. Oh, that is me. I... If I have to answer the door, which it's 2021, let's be honest, you do not have to answer your door. No. Um, But if it is someone there um, and you're just at your, like, I just want you off my fucking porch Mm -hmm. attitude, you open the door with the worst bitch face you can come up with. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's someone you don't know, you people are more than welcome to just shut the door. Yeah, you don't actually have to even open the door. You no. don't even have to pretend like you're not home. Like, they can see you through the side lights, walking through the dining yep. room. Doesn't yep. matter. You do not have to answer your door. Mm-mm. But if you do, and then decide, man, this was a bad idea, shut the door. Yeah. Shut the door and lock it. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. 1,000%. Deadbolts are our friend. Yes, they are. So, um, Tracy was a better person than we are. Mm. Those people <laughs> are, Shan. It's fine. Those people are. That's super fair. So, you'll recall, this is our timeline. Yes. August of 1980, we got married. Yeah. We moved into our apartment and more. Summer wedding. Okay. We're living our best lives in the fall of 1980. We're literally in our honeymoon period. Yes. As well as going to college. Do you think in the 80s... A honey honeymoon period actually really existed because I feel like now our generation millennials, um, our generation not we're not millennials we're Gen X let's just be honest yeah. but our generation Gen X and millennials um, they're okay with living together kind of testing those waters and so once they are married is there even is there a honeymoon period anymore like. Okay, so I think there's a certain amount of honeymoon period because I think you still have that certain amount of time, whether you have, whether it's like a full-blown wedding and you sign your life away in that contract or whatever, Mm -hmm. or you're in the honeymoon period of like, I've met this person that I'm in love with and we're living together and we maybe adopted a husky, you know, like that. That's so that's the honeymoon period of moving in together. Right. I think back in the 80s, it was just like, oh, we get to have sex all the time now. Yes. Because it's not frowned upon now that we're married. Married. We don't have to do it in the car. We don't have to hide anymore. No more car sex unless you want to spice things up. Yeah. Okay. So whatever. Live your best life. Hey. No judgment for me. Mm -mm, None here. (laughs) So August 1980, we're living our best lives. In the fall. Got it. We're living together. We're in our honeymoon period. Okay. Her and Jeff, very in love. Got it. Everybody said so. Everybody in the news articles said so. Okay. No problems. Living their best lives. Okay. As I said, she was absolutely gorgeous. And on January 5th, 1981, so we're still in the first six months of marriage. Yeah. Okay. She was turning 21. Oh, wow. They were super young. So young. So young. God bless them. Golly. Well, that was the 80s. You know, when you know, you know. Uh Uh-huh. And, I mean, people didn't live that long back then. True. And you were kind of expected to marry before the age of 25. 1,000%. 1,000%. 
or else you were an old hag. Yeah, or else you probably wouldn't find a husband. You might as well just adopt 40 cats and get it over with. I mean. Right? You know, those women are probably living their best lives now. Oh, my God. They're... <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Absolutely. So, January 5th, 1981. Got it. Tracy is turning 21 years old. That's awesome. So, on her 21st birthday, she is living her best life, right? right. She stayed home that day. It was like a Tuesday, I think. It was a weekday. Let's just say it was a weekday. Can we picture her in like the scroochy socks? Yeah. Um, oversized sweatpants. Yes. Hubs OU hoodie. Yes. And her hair in what was what was um high ponytail with her bangs just jacked up to heaven. Jacked. Yeah. Okay. Probably. That's what I'm picturing her as, like, lounging on her couch for her 21st birthday. Yes. She's not going to go out until later that night. Correct. After the hubs is home. Right. Right? Yes. So she's going to lounge and just live her best life. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I needed that. Thanks. Just that visualization. Yeah. An 80s, true 80s 21. I'm good. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, she was alone that morning. Jeff had to go to OU um, to go to class and stuff like that. And he low-key needed to be out of the house because he needed to buy her a birthday gift Uh, when she wasn't with him. Got it. Right? So he went to to, to OU to do his classwork. I think he attended a lab or something like that, which, (laughs) Um, but it's fine. Everybody likes different things. Uh. So he did that. While he was at class, she was like, okay, we have plans. I'm going to go run errands. Um, They had already planned to have lobster for dinner. What? Lobster tails. Okay, first of all, 21 years old, both in college, and they're getting lobster for dinner? Lobster tails. Tails. Not even like the alive ones that you have to murder in the pot of boiling water. Oh, okay. Not even those. Okay. Like, fully cleaned right. lobster tails. Which, to me, that's way more upper echelon than having to murder your own, your own food. I mean, I would think in the 80s, especially being a college student, yes. So. Yes. Hey, man. And I don't know what their situation was, if they were working or getting that student loan money or, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the families were, like, supporting them. I have no idea. Right. And, frankly, it's none of my business. So, whatever. Um, Anyway, so that morning she was running errands. um, And she finished up her errands. Depending on the eyewitnesses that are quoted in various news stories. Okay. She was seen back at her apartment around somewhere between like 11.30 and noon. Okay. Okay? Okay. So, a neighbor spotted her around 11.30 to noon-ish time frame, and she was kind of puttering around her apartment, cleaning up, probably doing some laundry. I mean, I would assume. Maybe getting some candles set up and, probably, you know, whatever. Again, none of my business. But um, she was seen at the apartment around noonish. Okay. Let's say. Okay. Got it. So 
over the time between noon and around five-ish when Jeff got home, multiple friends and family had tried to call her at the apartment because no cell phones. Right. Right. They had the wall phone with the 12-foot cord. With the spiral cord. Spiral cord. Mm -hmm. It always got wound up on itself. Mm -hmm. The phone was probably green. Maybe a mustard color. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love this visual. Okay. I'm loving it. I'm a very visual person. So multiple people tried to call her. They did not get her. It's not good. Between these times, like afternoon. Yes, afternoon. Okay. So let's say afternoon on January the 5th. Noon-ish. Okay. Multiple people tried to call, could not get her. Okay. Okay. So like I said, at around 5 p.m., according to the news sources, Jeff comes home from his classes at OU and from his little side shopping trip. Right. Um, he decided on a nice bottle of perfume <gasps> for her. Mm, I wonder what kind it was. Which is like so cute. Oh. I don't have those details. It's fine. I mean, I can make it up. <laughs> I can say a Chanel number five. Like that's the most you know, iconic perfume that's been around totally. for a long time. Totally. We can just say he got her Chanel okay, number let's, five. We're going to speculate and say Chanel number five. Honeymoon period uh, perfume? Yeah, because he said he went clear all the way from Norman into Oklahoma City. Oh, it's totally Chanel. Okay. Which is a haul. Yeah. I mean. That's a good 25 minutes. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. Depending I mean, on where traffic. you get clusterfuck stuck in Norman yeah. in that traffic. Or more. Jesus. Um. Anyway, I just had flashbacks from the last time I was in Norman. It's awful. God bless. Okay. So he comes home around five with his purchase of perfume. Okay. And ready for his lobster tail. Okay. He was ready for more than just that tail. Okay. Okay. All right. Listen. He loves his wife. I love this. They were in love. Yes. God bless him. Okay. God bless him. So he enters into the apartment and there's just nobody there right the lobster tails are setting out on the counter okay okay all right follow me here yep so he's walking through the apartment nothing is out of order nothing is amiss there's nothing to say that his wife has like stepped out for a while no mm-hmm. no no like, disorder that would like, suggest anything no signs right. of a struggle at right, all. right 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 okay so he goes into their master bedroom, which mm. I assume this is probably a one bedroom apartment. Yep. He goes into their bedroom and she is murdered. Oh. Dead. Okay. In their bedroom. Okay. In their bed. On In top the bed. of their bed. Oh. Okay. Her throat had been slashed. Oh, okay. Oh. And she had been stabbed multiple times in the torso. That's that's excessive. It's a lot. It's a lot, right? Yeah. So, she still had on her plaid shirt. Okay, I was off. I said hoodie. It's fine. Okay. Plaid shirt, blue jeans, no shoes. Because, you know, she was wearing the scrunchy socks. Yeah. You know she was. Yep. So, like I said, the house was clean and orderly. No sign of a struggle. 
And he realized that the door was unlocked when he walked through the front door. He just opened it right up. Okay. I can see that as being normal in the 80s. Nowadays, it'd be like if we walked up to a house and opened. I'm going to nope right out of that. Yeah. You're just going to turn around. Because, like, sometimes you leave your door open for me if you know I'm coming over. Correct, yeah. But also you have gigantic dogs. Yes. And, I mean. Yeah. So. But if you were to just house set for us or think you were coming over. Unannounced. mm -hmm, And our house was unlocked. You'd be like. I would nope right out of that. I would 911 What's going on? Your door's unlocked. Like. 911 Not walking into that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I need a wellness check. In the 80s, they didn't even lock their doors. No. No one did. We never locked our door growing up except for at night. We only, we started locking our doors when my dad became a police officer. Yeah. Well, which was smart. Yeah. Because. Small town America. Had some weird people. But. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I'm going to rehash this timeline. Mm Mm-hmm. We're January 5th, 1981. It's cold as balls. Or 70 degrees. Good point. We don't know. Good point. In Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, winter can be 20 below, or it can be 70 degrees and sunny. Oh, God. And maybe a hailstorm and tornadoes. We don't know. Right. We don't know what the weather was that day. True. And it doesn't matter. It's not important. Still creating my scene. Okay. Yes. I want you to visualize. I'm visualizing. January in Oklahoma. Got it. So... She is seen running errands by witnesses in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then she's seen by eyewitnesses at the apartment just before noon. Okay. Okay. Alive and well. Got it. Just before noon. Afternoon, friends and family are not able to contact her on their house phone uh, to wish her happy birthday. Okay. Okay. And I'm sure people after the fact thought it was weird Mm-hmm. But also in in 1981, if you couldn't get a hold of somebody, there was no expectation that you should be getting a hold of them at any time, right? Because we weren't all connected. Yeah, it right? wasn't it wasn't a um, instant gratification like instantly. Exactly, you know, someone has read your text or you or you automatically get their voice smelling and be like, you need to call me immediately. You're just it, like, oh, they're probably at the store or they're, you know, I didn't even see anything to mention if they had like a, um, a message machine. Like an answering machine? An answering machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even see anything that mentioned that. Well, they're college students, so they probably. Yeah, and in 81, was that even a real thing? I think they did have them. But it was like a rich people but thing? It was a rich people thing and it was also a cassette tape. Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like right. your phone was connected to this cassette tape situation and you had to, I just, I, I just remember us having one in the eighties. Obviously I wasn't that old in 81, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to Google that. Yeah. We'll have to get on the see Google when machine the, and see. see when the answering machines made way to, um, the middle class to normal people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those of us. That are the 99%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So people in hindsight had tried to call her to wish her happy birthday. They're probably like, you know what? She's out living her best life for her yeah. birthday. Yeah. 
I'll hit her back after seven right. or whatever, like a normal, a normal thing, yeah. whatever. So around five o'clock, Jeff comes home and he finds Tracy dead in their bed. I couldn't even imagine. Same. Like you, you think that we hear like you and I listen to all sorts of stuff, but being able to actually imagine walking yeah. in on that. No, I just can't imagine. How. I can't either. I, I hope I never have to. And he said in one of his interviews in, in a news story that I read uh, later down the line, because it's now been 40 years. It's crazy. Since this 40 murder years. happened. Yeah, yeah. She would be in her 60s. Oh. Um. Anyway, he had said in one of his subsequent uh, news interviews that for the longest time, it really, really fucked him up. Yeah. And he was like, I was in med school. I was doing, you know, I was cutting on cadavers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But when you, when it's a person that you love and you know and, like, such a vibrant person, mm -hmm. he's like, it really messed me up for, yeah. for, for a while, you know? Um, which, totally understandable, obviously. Yeah. No one's hating on him for that. Right. Um. So, that is the timeline. Now, in 1981, okay. when they did her autopsy, okay. they determined that her likely time of death was approximately noon. Okay. Okay. So, that fits, and it's going to... It's going to make more sense here in a minute. Okay. So just wait on it. Okay. Just marinate on that for a minute. I have, I have more questions if they don't get answered. Soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So time of death was approximately noon. Okay. okay. And that was basically probably determined by liver temp and stuff like that. Yeah. When they found her. So they determine um, the time of death and that there was no evidence whatsoever of sexual assault. Because she's still fully clothed. There was no evidence of any rape or anything like that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So after the the police are, are asking questions mm -hmm. in the apartment complex, uh, neighbors told them that they absolutely did not hear anything. So just nothing. And they didn't really notice any unusual activity. Okay? Okay. So, all that to say, unusual, no. But two neighbors did provide different descriptions of a man that was seen around the apartment complex that they didn't know. Okay. Okay? So... This was two different neighbors that provided two different descriptions of what police suspect is the same guy. Because they're very similar. Okay. okay. So listen up. Okay. One neighbor said he was a man in his late 20s, about 5'9", and 155 pounds, with dark, curly medium length hair okay. and a day's growth of beard. Okay. So 
to me, the day's growth of beard is like a weird detail, but maybe people shaved all the time back then and that wasn't a big deal. Because I don't know if I would even notice that. Well, I I think every man is different too. Because like my husband's day growth of beard is, is a full like, on beard. Yeah, and his his like five o'clock shadow is after ten a.m. Yeah. So. So. Uh, yeah, I don't. This had anyway. to be somebody that could not grow fra- you know facial hair. Yeah. So okay. I don't. I don't know. I just thought that was very oddly specific. That's what and the weight too. I mean, yeah, like one hundred and fifty five, which. Let's be a hundred percent clear. If I ever go missing and or murdered or I'm wanted, please don't let them use my real weight. Okay. You use my driver's license weight. Every okay? time. Okay. Got it. Either that or make me six four so at least my BMI stretches out a little <laughs> totally. bit, okay? Yeah. For the love. Um <laughs> So, okay, so that was the first neighbor. Okay. That had a description. Got it. The second neighbor described a gentleman as being early 30s, about 5'10, 150 to 170 pounds. Okay. Okay. Short black hair worn in a military style with short sideburns. <laughs> okay, I feel like I I can see the differing opinions being the height and weight, but hair, maybe it's because I'm so obsessed with hair that I would be able to notice someone that has long, medium-length curly hair and somebody that's got a high and tight. That's what I'm saying. Like those what? are those are two completely different things. Two completely different men. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. Same girl, same. I'm just saying. Same. Okay, so it said in the news article that I read that I think it was from the Oklahoman, probably. Um, no one matching either description was found because those descriptions describe every dude in Oklahoma. In 1981. If you told me he was wearing an Aerosmith shirt with cowboy boots... I would be like, okay, so you want every guy in Oklahoma uh-huh. to come in for an interview? Uh-huh. That is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. And if they're blaring Freebird going down the highway, that's only more, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, and no motive was ever established. Okay. Okay. All right. Obvious. Well, okay. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. So later, later on uh, down the road, Jeff speculated that it was a completely random killing as opposed to being done by someone she knew. And I don't know how you get to that conclusion, but that's okay. He's, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Right. So. As far as physical evidence goes, there was not a lot. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So in 81, when they were processing the scene, Mm -hmm. and I assume it was probably more police department because eventually they called in the OSBI to assist. Right. Um, 
But in 81, I assume it was, you know, the Moore Police Department processing the scene. Right. Um, they found one lonely fingerprint. One? Just the one. Where was the one? So they never released that information. What? Yeah. So I'm thinking, and this is pure speculation on my part, it was somewhere because somewhere that he wasn't expecting for them to look for prints because if it was only one fingerprint in that apartment, it was wiped down. <gasps> right? So, so we're talking about like under a toilet lid or under a, you know what I mean? Right. Somewhere that you wouldn't expect people to dust for prints, but some, somebody, maybe, again, speculation, somebody was maybe ahead of the curve at their mm-hmm. criminalistics class mm-hmm. and found a fingerprint somewhere hidden. God bless them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've got this one lowly fingerprint. Man. Okay. Sucks. So at the time, this is what's going to make you feel some sort of way about fingerprint matching. Okay. Okay. In 81, at that time, this is how they would match fingerprints. So they would say, hey, we have this suspect and we did a 10 print card on him. And now I need you to compare his 10 print card, which has all of his prints on it, to that one lonely fingerprint that you found at the scene. Right. And that's how they would compare them. If you did not have a suspect, you had to go through, essentially, like, card catalogs full of 10-print cards. Uh, okay. To try to match prints. Okay? Okay. So, again, 81. Right. No okay. technologies. Yep. Got it. So, it was very time-consuming. Mm-hmm. And the OSBI and more police were like, nah. We don't have anything. We don't even know where to start. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, that was the physical evidence that the press was privy to in 81. Okay. Okay. In 2015, the OSBI, Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, released additional pieces of evidence. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So okay. we're 34 years in mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. 34 entire years. It's, uh, that's, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and the first item that they released to the public is a missing personalized keychain. Okay. Okay. So from what I understand from various news sources, is they were aware of the missing keychain in 81. Okay. And it is a piece of evidence that they held close to the vest. Okay. Because they thought they would solve this crime and nail the bastard with carrying around her keychain. Right. Or, you know. That was his trophy. Right. Got it. Exactly. Okay. So, um, and that's exactly what they said. It's like, did they take it as a trophy? Mm. What's the situation there? Yeah. So they described the keychain as being about an inch wide by four inches long. Okay. Tortoise shell in color. 
Love it. Okay. Yes, same. Like, classy. Love it. Love the tortoise shell. And it's inscribed with Tracy's name. Aw. T-R-A-C-E-Y. Just a simple, simple little, somebody probably gave it to her as like a fun sorority gift or something. Yeah. You know? So anyway, that was missing from the apartment when they processed the scene. The second piece of evidence released in 2015, which is thought to be extremely important to this case. Okay. It was found at the crime scene at the time of her death. Okay. And definitely did not belong to the Nielsens. Okay. Okay. It is a cable company trouble assignment ticket book. What? Mm-hmm. And the very last ticket that was filled out in the book, it had not been torn out or anything. It's like a still had its carbon attached and everything like that. Because 81. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it had a timestamp on it for 1151 on January the 5th, 1981, at Tracy's address. Okay. Okay. Easy enough. Who was yeah. the cable guy? Like, yeah, what? it wasn't Jim Carrey, but it, it, I hope not. God bless. I hope not. Um, so it also has an employee number. Okay. And scribbled initials. Mm-hmm. Yes. That right. face is the right face. I, okay. All right. So just a reminder, we're here in 2015. Right. Mm. 34 years later. Mm, mm-hmm. This cable guy's retired. This cable guy's probably dead somewhere. Maybe. You never know. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> they determined that that ticket book was from Southwestern Bell Telephone Company. Okay. All right. Which is now a part of AT&T. Mm-hmm. And... From what I am understanding from the information released to the press, because, of course, they haven't released the file yet. It's still an open investigation. Spoiler alert. Um, Police at the time essentially just investigated if a cable guy was supposed to be there that day or not. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are you mm-hmm. saying the only thing they did was, hey, did you have on this docket today to visit the Nielsen home? No, we didn't. Okay, thank you. That's or, what I gleaned or, from the press information. Or I guess it would be, yes, we did. They were on our books. Okay, well, then your guy is no longer a suspect because he had the right to be there. So okay. they said, they said... So I can't really tell from the press information if they were aware at the time that it was Southwestern Bell or if that was a new a new awakening in 2015. I really don't know. Um, but from what they released to the press, they essentially called around to like cable companies and telephone companies and um, other service companies like that. And said, hey, 
did you guys have anybody scheduled to come out to this address on January 5th, 1981? Um, And they were all like, nah, we didn't know. So, (laughs) I know, your face. Your face is bad. I'm just, okay. So. It was the 80s. Go. It was the 80s. Um, so they found no record of requested service or maintenance they're at not, that address. They're not going to. No. Okay. Why would they? So, um, they also have not yet been able to identify the worker that lost his book, probably because it's been 34 years. Uh-huh. And Southwest Bell did several mergers, finally landing on at and and fun fact, HR departments don't keep paper files for 34 years. No, I think it's more like 7 to 10. Like, I can't... <sighs> yeah. So, OSBI released this piece of information, and they were like, it's gonna change everything, and this is a huge deal. And yeah, it is, but their whole mission was, like, trying to jog someone's memory with this cable book, cable ticket book. And, I mean, I don't know what I was doing 34 years ago. And I feel like if I was an adult at that time, I wouldn't remember if my husband lost his ticket book or if my direct report at Southwest Bell lost his ticket book and had to replace it the next day. That's something that should have been addressed in 81. Yeah. In 81, they should have went to every um, telephone company in the area, asked who was assigned this area, not just her home, the whole area surrounding that apartment complex, and questioned each one of those individuals. Like, not just... Yeah. Who were you, who were your field workers at that time? Yeah. Who were they? What was their area that they worked? Yeah. Cause I have this employee number right here. Yes. I need employee number 54321. Yep. That's, well, that's Joe Bob. Okay. Joe Bob, come in. We need to take a 10 print on you. Yeah. Cause is this your book? Uh, no. Well, here you are. We're going to find out real quick. Mm -hmm. How'd you lose it in a murder apartment? Yeah. Right. So for the love, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, this is why we say you're doing fine, Oklahoma. Like, it's not great, but you're trying. You get it? You're trying. It's fine. It's fine. So, obviously, over the years, the case went, like, glacially cold. Right. Because here we are in 2015 trying to drum up some interest. Nope. So it wasn't from lack of trying by Jeff or Tracy's family. So Tracy's family lived out in Canadian Texas in the Texas Panhandle. Um, And Jeff and his family were were from Oklahoma. So they had ties to Oklahoma and everything like that. Um, After years of no results of comparisons of the single fingerprint... Jeff and his family successfully lobbied our legislature to put a law on the books to fund 
Oklahoma's own AFIS system, which is automatic fingerprint identification system. Love that. So essentially, from what I understand from my limited research, each state has their own AFIS system if they so choose. If they choose to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the FBI has a federal database. Okay. Okay. So you could put this print into Oklahoma's AFIS system. Uh Uh-huh. And it would run it against the database in Oklahoma. Okay. To try to find you some similarities to the print. Got it. But it doesn't necessarily um, connect with, like, Texas's AFIS system. Okay. Let's do better. Yeah. I... I just, I'm so many things, so many things here. People don't stay in a state where they kill someone. Usually they like to run. Right. And it's so easy to go between Oklahoma and Kansas and Texas and Arkansas. And, you know, it's just so easy. So anyway, they, that family was responsible for getting the AFIS system in Oklahoma. That's awesome. Yeah. And it has helped solve hundreds of cases since 94 when we passed the law. Yes. But that fingerprint has never been matched. I wonder if they've ever ran it through the federal database. I hope so. I mean, I would hope so, too, especially after they submitted yeah. this new... I want to keep hope alive and say that they did, but I also don't know what the requirements are to put a print into the federal database I mean, to search it. Yeah. I don't know if it's as easy as a request or I would, I, I don't know. You would think any open case and this case is still open. They would be like, right. okay, all of our open cases, let's run these bad boys through the federal system. Right. Let's hope. Okay, so does each state, do they have to submit to the the FBI? No. Database. And that's the difference, is that okay. the federal database is just people that have been printed, have been printed under investigation of federal crime. Ugh. Okay, so we need to do better and have a federal database of all states yeah. Fingerprints. Yeah. That type of thing. Agree. I don't know what it would take, but yes, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I know you hate mysteries with no resolution whatsoever. Do- Cold cases, just they, I have to have closure. I'm a very um, anxious person. And when there's not um, some type of ending or closure, it just, um, it's very unsettling for me. So, this oh. one is not going to give you the warm and fuzzies because there is no resolution. Jeff did become an orthopedic surgeon. Good for you, Jeff. And he's remarried and has a family and yeah. everything like that. But there are still news articles um, that he participates in Aww. and everything around the anniversary of her death, like they did another one on the 40-year anniversary earlier this year oh, wow. to try to get some momentum back in this case. Um, but there's so many questions, but also 
just so little overall information about her movements during the day and like did someone follow her home from her errands or what? Well, so here's my thing. So as you were telling me this story and there's this keychain missing, mm-hmm. I know when I was in college, mostly on during drunken stupor nights, I left my keys in my door. Okay, that's fair. On the outside. Right. I'm still alive today. Barely. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Thank God. Um, But, I mean, what if, because she had been out to run errands, maybe she had, you know, arms full of groceries because she was getting the the lobster tails and opened the door but left those keys, mm-hmm. still locking the door from the inside, left those keys, this crazy-ass cable dude maybe right next door, mm-hmm. saw these keys. Maybe he's been in that apartment complex before. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's seen it. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Maybe he thought this is my opportunity. Just unlock that bad boy. There's no, um, you know, there's no forced entry. Mm-hmm. He just walks in. Maybe she was back in. In I'm the just, bedroom. I'm like making up yeah. this whole thing. Like maybe he just came up, snuck up behind her. Yeah. You know, um, because the lobster tails were still on the counter in the kitchen. Right. So it's like she sort of um, got surprised or distracted when she was putting groceries away. Yeah. Or something like that. So she's standing in her kitchen putting groceries away and hears the door open or hears a knock at the door or something like that. Yeah. I mean, because you're not going to pay. I mean, lobster's expensive. Yeah, it is. I don't eat seafood, but I assume. Um lobster's expensive and you're not going to pay money and just be like, whoopsie, I set him out on the counter and let him go bad. Because first of all, you don't eat seafood in Oklahoma anyway. That's like a rule. Yeah. But if you do, you got to make sure it's super chill and like... You eat it the same day. Yeah, it doesn't go bad on you. So... I mean, there's just so many things that if there's no forced entry, there's no sign of a struggle whatsoever. She was obviously... um, Like, I know what I'm fucking talking about. Um. Like someone, she was taken by surprise, right? So nobody heard or saw anything. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, after learning that these reactions, these responses to um, emergency situations, sometimes people, they can't scream or they can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, it's really sad. But two, if she wasn't raped, but she was so, when you have... First of all, when someone's throat is slit or multiple chest stab wounds Mm -hmm. is a very, in my mind, passionate, personal, personal Mm -hmm. um, attack. Mm -hmm. Because you are watching this individual lose their life. Yep. And you are 100% okay with that. Yeah. Um, It's like the Gabby Petito. She Mm -hmm. was strangled. Like he was 100% okay with watching her. Right. And for her to know who he was because yes. she was not going to make it because out. She wasn't. Anyway. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm like, it's someone that wanted that power. There might, he might not have been a sexual predator, mm-hmm. but he was a predator for sure. Right. And wanted that power of her fear for sure. And I'm sort of wondering, like, I know we've had this conversation before that it's always like the superintendent or the handyman yeah. at apartment complexes. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if this 
handyman or whomever, like caretaker of the property, has this random ticket book that got left behind at some point in time. Oh, shoot. And he brings it in as like a red herring. Good point. I don't know. I mean, he was knowledgeable enough to... If there's no fingerprints, but there was fingerprints, meaning he didn't have gloves on. Right. So he knew to wipe things down. Right. And if you only find one One. print... Yeah, he... And it was... So I want to know if there was other... If there was Jeff and Tracy's prints, or if everything was wiped down. That's a great question that we do not have the answer to. I want to know that question. Yeah. Like, yeah, we found Tracy and Jeff's, but there was also one loan that we couldn't So every news article from 81 Mm -hmm. says, and and after, obviously, but um, every news article about this says only one loan print. It doesn't say one loan print that wasn't matched to the inhabitants of this apartment. Amongst Jeff and Tracy's prints. It says one loan print. I want to know where this print was. I know. Same. I honestly, I think that's the next thing they need to release. Like this print was found on the back of their headboard. Right. Underneath. Yes. The side table next to the bed that she was found on. Or shoot, maybe it was on uh, the countertop. I don't know. Exactly. Where was the print? Or the underside of the doorknob. Like, where was it? Because, obviously, if there were no other prints anywhere, he didn't touch anything. But her. But her. It had to have been on the doorknob. You're right. It had to have been him opening the door when he left, thinking he was cleaning that doorknob and didn't. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I would love to know if they've ever tried to get any other DNA off of her clothing. Like if, you know, because they say when you stab somebody, sometimes... You can cut yourself. You can cut yourself if there's any other. But I guess they probably would have seen two different blood types maybe on the... And you also have to think. So um, I had someone tell me this one time that was a forensic investigator. Okay. So cold cases like this that were before DNA time. So DNA did not start being used as a crime solver. Right. Until 86. Right. And that was in the UK. Love it. Okay. So it didn't make its way here until like 89, 90. And that was only in very technologically advanced labs and probably larger metropolitan areas, New York, you know, all that jazz. So back in those days... They did blood typing, and they did not store evidence with blood in a way that was conducive to maintaining the integrity. Uh, that's right of the evidence because they put them in boxes and they put them in an attic. Exactly. So they would put them like, let's say, um, yeah, they would put her. All of her clothes together, so her jeans and her shirt and everything, bra and panties and everything, put them all together and put it in like a cardboard box Mm -hmm. in a hot metal warehouse when it gets to be 120 degrees here in Oklahoma in the summer. So that evidence degrades really, really quickly. Yeah. And if there's any sort of bug activity or anything like that, it's even worse. So... 
that would just be my speculation that that evidence probably isn't in great shape. Probably, yeah, no longer exists. But um, this, I had never heard of this case. Right. And I was obviously very intrigued because she's gorgeous and it's the 80s and yeah, God bless him. Um, but yeah, never been solved. No. I mean, it seems like they don't really have anything to go on at all. Never had a lead. That's really sad. Yeah. So, um, I love that, Shan. I love that yeah. story. That's a good one. Rest in peace, Tracy. Yes. Nielsen. Yes. And hopefully Jeff yeah. was able to carry on I mean, I, I, with his life. I, I love that he is still an advocate for yes. her. Um, yes. For finding the person that did this. That means he did truly love her, which is sweet and so precious. And Yeah. Because um, everybody that got married in the 80s got divorced. Or they're just very unhappy people and they could just really <laughs> care less. But he seems like he, yeah, he's her biggest advocate. Oh, so. I love that so much. Yeah, that's really nice. So that is the the story of Tracy Nielsen. Um, if anybody has any information or evidence that can be used to find her killer, I mean, more. contact more, yeah, more police department yeah. or OSBI, yeah. Um, and let's solve this thing. Yeah, let's get her solved. She deserves that. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Precious. We can do better, Oklahoma. You're doing fine. <laughs> let's do a little bit better. We can do better, Oklahoma. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Shan. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.